Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the power couple therapist. Today on the show, we have Natalie Karen, the holistic life coach and spiritual energy ter- specialist. <laughs> welcome to the show, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here. It took us a while to meet and connect with our timelines, but I'm really thrilled. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your wisdom with us. And I'm really, really excited that we finally got to do it. Um, and I know that it's divinely guided that we, that we do it right now, because maybe now is the time that we need to share our knowledge and wisdom, especially that I have a question to you about the last few days, because it's been quite... <laughs> intense for me personally Mm -hmm. to be in this Mm -hmm. last full moon of the year energy Uh, and I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know whether you've experienced any kind of healing in the last few days or any kind of intensified energy when it comes to full moon but also to the new moon like how do you feel that the new moon and full moon affect our healing and our trauma healing especially because to me it feels like everything that I was just hiding in my subconscious mind suddenly came up in the last three days you know so I'm curious about your perspective on it oh my gosh well I'm not an astrologer I just want to say that before I begin but I can tell you on personal experience and what this time of year in particular is all about um and what it may have brought up for all of us yes subconscious, everything um, that has been hiding, even in things I didn't even know existed and happened to me when I was much younger, started to come out. So I've been in a very deep healing space. And this time of year, like the winter solstice is all about reaching the darkest, darkest parts of ourselves. That's because the days are the darkest, the sun is the furthest away. So when the sun is in here, I want you to think of that as like your own inner light. So the sun has been moving further and further away. And on December 21st, it was the furthest. So that means that we're in like the creepiest of crawliest parts, dimensions of ourselves that we, there's no sort of connection to, or not, not that there's no connection to, but there is, they're less accessible throughout the summer years when the, the sun is so close. So this time was really about bringing that all up. Now the new the new moon and full moon cycle the last two were really really intense because you had this to me you had this ending uh, energy that was around for a new beginning to come. So and the full moon in Cancer, I mean I I I was supremely affected because that's my birth moon. So one thing you're going to want to look up is what is your natal moon and how big is it what sign is it in because that's I mean I know in astrology that that's really big. So this time was yeah, really highlighting darker parts. And it's really an opportunity to uh, release them, bring them to light so that you don't, you're not carrying them into the next version of you, the next cycle. Now I want to talk a little bit about the collective humanity, because what's going on with us energetically, and this is really where I can speak from uh, based on what I do and what I specialize in. We are purging so heavily and the 2023. And I know when I say this, you're going to be like, yes, was all about purging. It was really at the core of it. We had a beautiful sort of like uh, elevated energy the first three to six months at the beginning of the year. But at the last six months, it was really pushing us through this birth canal that was just removing all the parts of ourselves that are no longer needed in this new reality that's coming starting in 2024 and beyond. So this last moon, this last new moon was really the end tail end of that. So it was going to reach... 
this is an analogy used a lot in holistic healing is that you're like an onion and you have to do layer by layer by layer by layer. But sort of like the deeper you go into your core self is where some of the most profound, deepest wounds are. So we were right there the last couple of moons and the moons were beautifully supported to just help us move through that. Oh, yeah, I felt it so strongly, literally, <laughs> when I got triggered, like, two days ago, I only got out of it like today. And it doesn't have to be anything major that it seems on the outside, but in the on in the inside, we can be so stirred up. And I would actually love to um, share what triggered me because I feel like people have sometimes a different idea of what trauma can be, but trauma can be yes. so subtle that we might not even realize that this was traumatic for us. So for me, it, will, it, it happened that my friends wanted to play FIFA, you know, on PlayStation. And my trauma is that when I was uh, hanging out with my dad, when I was little, he was constantly um, watching football. And I felt like my needs and desires are less important than his football, right? So mm -hmm. I wanted his attention. I wanted him to spend time with me, but he was watching football. And then I got, you know, triggered and I got sad that he doesn't care about me and he doesn't care about my needs. And literally like we were just hanging out as a Christmas time, you know, second day of Christmas and we just all with friends and kind of like soul family. And the guys just wanted, really wanted to play FIFA. And I was like, please guys, like it's, it's going to probably trigger the shit out of me. Like, please do not play. And they didn't really take it seriously because they didn't have any awareness of how it might trigger me. Right. So the very, mm. very fact that they didn't know how it triggers me and they still wanted to play it, although I said that, you know, I'm going to be triggered, triggered me so much into the wound that, oh, my God, like this, this person mm. or these people, because they were four men, like closest men to, to my heart ever, because they were all my besties and my brother, and they all kind of didn't care about me not wanting it and they just wanted to play mm. it. That brought me straight back to when I was a few years old and my dad in my view, didn't care about my needs. And I got so triggered that for the next two hours, I was just like crying. I had all this pain in my heart, in my solar plexus, and I had to just let it all out and go to a different room. And everyone was like having a Christmas party. And I was just like crying there, which I was happy about because I was like, oh yeah, okay. I'm purging even deeper layer, as you said, right? Of the onion. Mm. So, it, so it's, it's seemingly not big traumatic event as people would perceive as trauma but trauma doesn't have mm. to be something super major and that brings me to the question um to you like how do you define trauma oh my gosh so trauma is um anything that has an emotional imprint an energetic imprint on your psyche your well-being your energy body your auric field anything um, and that doesn't have to necessarily be bad. It can be great too. There's really beautiful trauma. So things that are happen to us that are so amazing, like let's say you won the lottery one day, that's trauma. That is something that's life-changing forever. So um, that that's what, how I define trauma. Anything that has an energetic imprint on you and is lasting. Mm, that's a beautiful mm -hmm. definition because it's kind of like more taking the the word trauma as both positive and negative because I feel like mm -hmm. often trauma is associated with like a distress that wasn't resolved but it actually can yeah. be also something else like a different part of us that is just suppressed and imprinted in our energy body so I love that definition but yeah it's yeah. so interesting how sometimes our body can react although 
in my mind, like I knew in this specific example, like, hey, these guys love you and care about you and they don't want anything against you. But mm -hmm. in my subconscious mind, my inner child was like, no, they don't care. And I'm so sad and I'm so unimportant. And, you know, it's, it's funny to, to see both of these parts, the emotional one and the logical one, where logically it wasn't really even a thing. And emotionally, mm -hmm. I just needed to purge so much. And that took me like two days to actually ground myself to normal. And then I came home and then my mom triggered me, but that's another story. <laughs> She's just like so crazy. And I'm just like trigger after trigger after trigger. Um, but it's, yeah, that that's funny. Um, so I'm curious to know your background. How did you become the holistic mm -hmm. life coach? What has inspired you to be on the healing journey yourself and to help others to do the same? Oh my goodness. Um... I think that's a whole other podcast, but I'm going to try to pack it into like as, as one paragraph for everybody. Um, I kind of always like to start with the fact that I've been in therapy since I was 14. I've had, uh, and there's a happy ending to all of this. So as I share, I don't want anyone to feel, it might actually be triggering some other uh, viewers and listeners. So um, I've, I've had a fair share of a variety of trauma in my life, um, sexual abuse as a child, all the way through my teens, uh, really emo emotionally abusive relationships. Uh, I was raised in a, um, a family that was, had alcoholism in it. So, um, a lot of dysfunction there and, um, yeah, a lot of growth, a lot of healing and, um, I've had physical abuse as well. So there's been quite, um, an array of things that have brought me to this space. I've was found myself also addicted to stuff to try to numb myself in my teenage years, when you go out there and rebel and try to find yourself. And, um, really at the end of it, what was happening was that I, 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 was very much, and a lot of people are like this, especially in this millennial age, we came in with a lot of profound gifts, a lot of openness energetically. And so we were trying to, we were growing up in a society that didn't really hold space for any of that at all. So a lot of us felt lost or confused or were told to stuff it down or numb it or whatever. So I picked up on a lot of things and I saw a lot of stuff and um, I found out in my, in my 20s that I'm actually a, a medium and a channeler and had psychic gifts and so many other things. And I'm now doing, you know, special, specialization in energy because um, I went to school for all of this, but also because that is one of my gifts um, that I later discovered. So through all of that, when I was put in situations um, that were harmful and unsafe and traumatic, it had this profound effect on me and I numbed myself. And then I later had to crawl myself out of my own darkness. Um, and in schooling and all, and, and all the holistic approaches that I did, I took everything. I mean, I tried everything. I read so much. I, I just, I needed to reach the other side and I, I don't know what was driving me, but it was just a, an endless, endless journey for myself. Um, but it felt like it was supposed to have a bigger impact. And um, then I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to help people and it all sort of to pay it forward. So, cause I know that if I can do it, anybody can. So um, th that's what inspired me. And I, I just, I know that there's so many other people that have experienced such traumatic and horrible things and that this world and this planet and this time right now that we're in, we need immense amount of support in this. We need the children that are growing up to, 
have supportive supportive spaces of their spirituality and their their psychic gifts and and learning in a whole new way other than what's currently presented to us so um yeah and helping people now millennials and and people with gifts and and intuition that have had to block them all away and shove them all down to try and be someone that they're not um so i just help people uncover all of that through very very specific steps and energetic um healing and spiritual healing and so that they can get through their authentic self and they they can start living the life that they really want to live and their dreams that they see they just it's all just kind of covered under this rubble of trauma so i just take that all out and i let them be who they are <laughs> oh that's so beautiful beautifully said thank you so much for sharing that and that brings me to another question because you said that you've read so much and you've tried so much and you probably have done a lot of different healing techniques on yourself while you are discovering mm -hmm. you know how to heal yourself from all these traumatic um, events right so that's a very curious question for me because I've done the Reiki training and I've done the trauma healing training and I've done parts work and, you know, NLP and different uh, modalities. Um, and so I'm curious to know on your journey, but also how you see it playing out with your clients. Like, mm -hmm. can all things be healed with specific modalities? For example, can Reiki be really someone's number one modality that they can heal anything with? Or do you feel like the trauma healing specifically is necessary for someone to heal fully to the deepest layer and necessary for lasting change or is it varies for everyone and for some people um it's going to be reiki for some people it's going to be trauma healing for some people it's going to be a variety or maybe as mm -hmm. i've uh, encountered it for myself and other people that sometimes the modality that is serving at the moment is not serving later as much and then you find something else and then this is working for you so how do you see it when, when it comes to healing like are there modalities that are in your view more effective in healing what you've discovered with yourself and your clients um rather than others or do you feel that the combination is the the most perfect solution for everyone or everyone is so different that it's even hard to say it like that uh, what have you discovered oh my gosh <laughs> um i the first thing before there's a lot i want to share the first thing i want to say is that um energy is the root cause of everything you have to go there uh, eventually as a modality so um because within our energy fields which are huge and infinite and span across parallel lives so parallel when i say that uh it's not past it's not future it's it's parallel they're all because they're all still happening and there's some parallel lives that are still very much connected into this current lifetime and you can pull all of that into this one so that's one sort of more quantum approach but you do really have to at the end of the day go to the source the root which is the energy and it can be as far back as the beginning of your soul you know this journey which could be a millennial years ago so that's how far back it can really go um, so that's why I say working in the energetic space because it's quantum and it's something that scientists are only just beginning to discover it, it's it's um, potential and uh, all the information that's housed there is that's really where it's all accessible, changeable. And when I say manipulate, I don't mean in the negative way. Manipulate means where you can manipulate the energy to heal or I can just use the word healing the energy, but the source of it. Um, so you would need to, to seek a modality, a pre professional that can 
go to that depth, find it, pull it forward and be like, here's what's, here's what's been the cause. And then it, and how it's interwoven into all the parts of yourself that are in this lifetime because everything is connected. So that's one, that's the work that I do. And so that's where I would say I have, I've seen, I mean, the most amazing things happen with my clients, but it's energy is the root cause. Your spirit is the root cause. Um, I also can say though, that the holistic approach is really important because when we work on energy, you also have a physical body. So when we're releasing something that's really important for you to release, that's in your subconscious, you know, the muscles hold so much tension and, and that memory still in your body. Um, so when, when I give, you know, my clients practices or specific things, let's say to like stretch out your hips specifically, because they have X, this type of trauma stored in this area of their body, I'm going to give you exercises to stretch that out as we work on the energetic root cause so that it's this working combo. Um, and then there's the nutritional aspect where I recommend some basic nutritional supportive nutritional things that can help them support their physical bodies to release further. Um, and then I work in other modalities as well. So it's a combination. It's like, I want you to see your healing journey as two major factors. I'm going to give you a sort of visual to go on. And then I'm going to, before I do that, I want to give you a more theoretical approach, which is um, the spiritual practice. Your healing journey is deeply rooted in a spiritual practice and surrendering to something greater than yourself. So if you don't believe in something greater than you and this experience, then that's where I suggest that you begin because to reach the depths of your part of yourself that you need to go so that you don't have to deal with any sort of trauma and you can sort of wipe clean and elevate and, and evolve to all the most highest potentials of yourself in your timelines. It's so important that you have a deep surrendering and trust in something greater so that when that modality, let's say you're driving in your car and you see a sign on the side of the road, when that modality is trying to present itself to you in your life, in your human experience, that you notice it. But that comes with surrendering and trust. Does that make sense? And, and when we try to like control our journey so much by, I need this modality and I need that. And I think I need to try that. And blah, 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 we can really sort of that that's rooted in fear. So we can really block the whole experience a lot because we're so fearful. Like, are we going to heal? And am I going to make it? And I got to get it done now or else I'm not going to be able to do all of these limiting human thoughts that we have, as opposed to surrendering to the journey and allowing yourself to unfold the way your quantum self to unfold the way that it's so naturally designed to. This is part of your DNA coding, your blueprint. You are your body knows what to do. You have to just give it the space, the openness to receive what's coming in and surrendering and trusting. That's the theory, theoretical part. Now here's the visualization. I want you to see it like you have a map in front of you and there's all your, and it's your energetic field and it's connected to all the parallel lives and all the quantumness of you and everything that, that, makes up you so you have a, a map and there's like different stopping points all over the map and you're in your car and you have to make it to the, all those stopping points but I don't want that to overwhelm anybody I want you to understand that your car is being driven by by I can use the word God source universe 
angels, you, you input the word there that feels the best for you, but that's who's driving your car. You just have to be open and listen. And so, and you'll get there. I promise you. Um, that's what I've done. That's the, my own, a lot of my own personal journey and what I've seen with my clients. And I promise you, you'll get there. Mm, that's beautiful <laughs> because that's that detachment from how specifically we need to do things in order to get to the specific result, right? We can kind of like envision the result and know where we're going, intend for something and kind of like with our masculine focus and direction, direct our energy into that. But then with our feminine surrender, we can just like let ourselves flow to, to enjoy the journey of getting there rather than focusing on like, oh, when is it going to happen and controlling the outcome? So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing mm -hmm. that. And uh, so what was the, for you specifically, can you pinpoint anything that was the biggest breakthrough caused the biggest breakthrough for you when it comes to the healing modality that, you, that you've tried or was it quite similar with most of them? I I found for me personally, so it's going to be unique and different for each person because they come in with their own, you know, makeup. But for me personally, I found Reiki to be profoundly break breaking through. For me, it was like a, a step up. Like it was like really cleared a lot of stuff out and really opened me up really beautifully. So I got certified and that was amazing. That was a big breakthrough. Um, a lot of energy work helped a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and talk therapy. I, I like talking. I, I talk therapy is just going to see a therapist or talking to somebody or whatever it is. Um, that's one modality meditation. You know, there's many forms of meditation, but um, you know, even working out yoga practices and meditation, um, walking is a meditation, gardening, cooking, dancing, coloring. These are all forms of meditation. So a meditative practice in your life is a great way to help you process and uncover and release and let go. So that was a, another massive one. And moving my body, I found to be profoundly helpful at one specifically all the time. It's still immersed in my life, but at one point in my life, when I had a lot of fear, a lot of anger, just so much residual stuff that I couldn't break through. Turning to working out was really, really helpful for me. Um, and energy work, like working with someone like me was profound. And I'm not just saying that because I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm interested in getting people to sign on with me. I'm going to be totally transparent with you. Um, I'm saying that because it's so much of what I believe in and what has worked for me is working with somebody who can help you reach those energetic parts of yourself and see that for you clearly and be that bridging point between the two until you're able to see it for yourself because we all have these gifts to be able to do that. So um, those have been my main ones that I have found have been really, really beautiful and supportive. Mm. That's amazing. And so that also actually brings me to another question because I have my own perspective on it. But do you feel like you could have gone so far, uh, you know, learning these modalities for yourself and just practicing on yourself? W would you be able to go that far in your healing journey if it wasn't for other people, let's say external support that you got? Because like, to me, it feels like when you go to someone, to a coach, therapist, healer, psychic reader, whoever, they can just provide you with a, let's say, more objective perspective of what's going on and bring out some th pieces, bits and pieces so that you understand the whole picture. Or sometimes even you don't realize your subconscious patterns that are playing out. But when you go to someone else, they can kind of see it very clearly. And in, in the same way that sometimes you can see that your partner or your 
family member or whoever has some kind of thing that they are struggling with and they are just in the loop, but you can see it clearly because your perspective is zoomed out, out of their internal state. So you can tell them, hey, do you see that you're repeating this? Or do you see that you constantly have this pattern? So do you feel like you could go in your healing journey, just learn all the modalities, work with trauma by yourself, with Reiki by yourself and everything by yourself, and you would be in this exact same space that you are? Or do you feel like the support of others was actually crucial um, in your breakthroughs? It was crucial for me. I really do believe that. And and we as human beings, and, and this is just an energetic, like sort of knowingness, a spiritual law, we human beings are meant to help each other heal and evolve. It's part of us. We, we're, we're coded that way. So leaning on, on support practitioners is so crucial to help you just lift you up, boost energy. We are always in a energetic exchange with people. So if you have a beautiful energetic exchange with a energy practitioner or a Reiki person or your talk therapist, or even just like your personal trainer, who's just helping you see things more clearly, boost your energy and, and just help you heal. We help each other heal. You don't need to be Reiki certified to put your hands on somebody with beautiful healing intention and, and help them heal. Anybody can do that because we're meant to do that. That's already within each of us. So if you lean on others even more with even more intention and saying like, okay, with this practitioner, I, I'm intending to reveal, heal, um, and release these things. And you have that energetic exchange, energy follows intention. So it's just going to happen. Um, and, and yeah, it's crucial. I totally agree. Mm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you're a mom as well. And I feel mm -hmm. like sometimes in relationships, our trauma and our patterns can really affect how we how it plays out. And especially like with our uh, family, like our parents or our kids. And I feel like sometimes even um, like, I feel like I have this sense that I chose to have a specific personality to sometimes trigger the shit out of my mom so that she realizes <laughs> some stuff about herself. And then I can see also stuff about myself that I suppress within me. And it's kind of like a healing uh, for both of us. And of course, sometimes it's difficult because, you know, we just, yeah, it's just like crazy, but it's still very much serving us. So I'm curious, how do you see that in your life um, and also in other people's lives, how does trauma affect our relationships? Especially I'm curious about your relationships with your children, or maybe with your parents as well, like family members who are the easiest for to trigger us, right? Because we have the most um, closeness with them. And so I feel like the more close you are with someone, the easier for them is to just push your buttons so that you just then, <laughs> you know, burst in emotion. Um, so I'm curious to know how it plays out for you as a mom, also with the awareness that you have. And if someone doesn't really know how to work with themselves, like how to deal with it when this happens? Oh my gosh. Huh. Well, I'll start there because that's the easiest sort of straightforward place to start is that when it happens, you need to remove yourself. You need space. You just need space because staying in the conversation, if you're already triggered, um, and this all loops back into how I, how I am as a mother, how I show up as a mother, um, you need space because your brain shuts down your rational brain, your reasoning brain, your logical brain. It just shuts down when it's triggered. So you can't even having a conversation no longer works because it's, it's too heightened. So it's just, it goes into defensive mode. Your brain literally responds this way, especially if there's a lot of, a lot of, um, 
trauma there. So take space, breathe. Space can sometimes look like a month. So take space. You can tell the person. It doesn't have to be like, it is by no means when I say that emotional abuse where you're giving the silent treatment or, you know, locking yourself or running away, you know, it's, it's a adult decision to say, hi, I in myself right now feel very emotionally charged and I need to take space so I can reapproach this with you in a really healthy way. But right now I'm not in a healthy space within myself. So until I get there, um, I'm going to be taking space. It doesn't mean that I don't care. I love you deeply. I'm doing it because I love you deeply. So then you go and do the things that calm you back down. However long it takes, it's it's as, as long as it takes. Then reapproach the conversation. How I show up with my mother, and that is by no means what my childhood looked look like. This is only in my adult years that I have been able to do this. And there's still moments where I am finding myself hard to pull myself away because of my own personal trauma. So with my children, and I'm saying that because children, from when they're having temper tantrums, they actually have the same response. So they their brain shut down and they don't have impulse control and they can't control their tantrum. And let's say your child gets, gets into like a hitting fit. They hit you once and then they're upset that they hit you, but they don't know how to process that. So they keep, and you say, please don't hit me. That's not safe. That triggers them even more. So they'll just keep hitting you because they don't know how to process the fact that they're mad that they're milk spilt or that their friend, you know, hurt them at school, whatever. They can't process that. So they're taking it out in another way. Um, so my job as a mother is to hold space for that. It's not about me. It's not that they don't like me. It's not that they're disrespecting me. It's that they're going through something and I'm more curious about what are they going through and what happened and how can I help them process? So me, I'm gifting, I'm trying to stay in the space always of gifting my child with, with, processing their emotions. Now I have children that are deeply sensitive and have very big emotions. They feel things so much. And that I know that because that was me. And now I work with so many older women who were like that as a child and, and are recovering from that and still processing things that happen. So now with my children, it's when it's a big emotion, it's not getting mad. It's not punishing them. It's just, here's how to process. And that's it. And if I'm too triggered, because yes, it, relationships are mirrors. If you don't like what you see in a relationship, it's because there's something inside of, your, of yourself that is being reflected back to you. Um, and sometimes it's not always in the most direct way that it comes across. It's sometimes in this really subconscious, a little twist and turn, and then it reveals itself in a, in a, in a, in alternate way to you. Um, but it's always a mirror and it's you, your job to take a step back, be objective and say, take that relationship as a learning opportunity and say, okay, what's going on with me? Where is this coming from that I'm so emotionally charged and impacted? Um, and then giving that part of yourself, which would be more like inner child work or that version of yourself that is really wounded and give them what they need to heal. Uh, and then step back into the conversation or the situation or the relationship, or if the relationship is just simply unhealthy to walk away from it entirely altogether, if it's just not serving you. Um, but sometimes my toddler is reflecting stuff back in me that when I was a child and how my mother parented me. Um, and it's really difficult for me to not like check out sometimes and just like numb myself. And that's not with substances. It just means like, numbing myself or I disconnect my myself from my emotional heart center just so I don't have to deal with how much that is triggering me and 
and altering something inside me or overstimulating me. Um, so that's my big battle right now, personally, um, is just staying in a heart centered space and holding space for them as much as I can. Mm, and I can relate to that because sometimes like you don't want to burst into emotions when you're around someone that you know that it's not the healthiest thing to do to just like, you know, burst. I, I just had a client before this podcast and he's like, you know, I'm triggered by my family, but of course I cannot just tell them how angry I am. I need to suppress it all, but then I feel it in my throat and I cannot process it in there in that moment. Right. But then I feel like we, we, we need the ability to suppress temporarily so that we don't kind of make it in an abusive way where we project something onto someone or especially not on our kids right or people that we love like we don't want to project our stuff onto them and our triggers onto them but also it's so hard to then not numb it if you know that you want to hold it but then process it later on so mm -hmm. it might be challenging to not to numb it completely but to actually give space to it when it's necessary to heal and it might look like you suppress it for five minutes and you take ask someone to take care of your kid or maybe ask someone that you need to take space and you just go and scream into the pillow in the other room or whatever or go for a walk and like scream at the trees or whatever you need to do or like cry it out and then you come back and you're at peace but sometimes you don't have I guess as a mother I'm not a mother yet but I intend to be in the future but I'm guessing looking at my friends um, and family members that as a mother you might not have space for another like 10 hours or maybe 24 hours to process it. So what do you do? What do you do then? Like, how do you navigate? Oh my that? Gosh. You're like, you're getting to the core of what most mothers move through and parents too, like even father figures or, or two mothers or two, however it looks to you. Like it's your caregivers are your parents. Uh, yeah, that is really difficult. And sometimes it's, you'll find a lot of memes about parents locking themselves in the bathroom just to get that moment for themselves, because that is just what you need to do. My whole approach is prevent is a, preve a preventative approach, which is preventing all of that from happening, meaning that my child doesn't get overstimulated. And then if my child's overstimulated, they're going to start overstimulating me. And then that's where I know that I need a breathing point or a breaking point. And it doesn't mean that the journey is going to be perfect, but it does mean that you have the awareness and you're in tune with your children to understand that, oh, this overstimulates them or that overstimulates them. For example, smallest little thing. And it's not that it was at all a major thing, but last night in bed with my, my 14 month old, putting him to sleep. Normally he has his bath, gets into bed. I change him. And he falls asleep breastfeeding and I don't have to rock him. He just goes to sleep. But last night he was struggling. And the reason was because of a tiny little change, which was I had a little candle lit. That was it. And it was giving off a little bit of light and he couldn't sleep. And so he was worming, squirreling around blah, blah, blah. and I didn't get mad. I go like, what is, can it actually be the candle? So I blew the candle out. He passed out. Wow. So it's like, it's the, that's what I mean by the awareness the awareness is being in tune with each of your children, seeing that their needs are different, emotionally regulating yourself. And that suppression you were talking about is like, how do I regulate myself in this moment? Sometimes it's just like drinking water, taking a breath, lighting a candle. Sometimes I put my speaker on and I put like um, on Spotify, they have like forest healing sounds. And it's just like sounds of nature because we're trapped inside right now. It's, you know, mucky out. It's Canada. It's cold. No one wants to go outside. So I just like 
put that on for my sanity and their sanity so that it's, you know, I'm preventing everyone from getting too heated or too, you know, dysregulated. So, um, yeah, it's awareness, it's tuning in, it's being present. It's a really hard job because it's like a massive meditation for like 12 hours. That's why parents are like, you know, zonked by the end of the day. They don't even know that they're in this massive meditation of holding space and being present with your children. Yeah. Mm, that's beautifully said. I love that. Thank you so mm. much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And I have one last little question to you before we yeah. wrap it up. Where could people find your offerings, your programs and um, the healing sessions that you offer and your content? Because if someone would like to go deeper, they love your energy. Mm. Uh, I would love them to know where to find you. Yeah, if you feel open um, and somewhat connected to me, have a calling, then head to my Instagram page. That's just natalie.karen. That's where my main hub is right now. Um, I'm actually creating a whole online community for your one-stop shop for anything spiritual, awakening journey, all of these holistic tips and tricks, um, suggestions on motherhood and parenting and releasing and moon and rituals and all the things that I offer um, and just energetic updates and all the things. So uh, that's going to be launching on my birthday on January 11th, which is just two weeks from now. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, definitely start on my Instagram page and you can find me from there or nataliekaren.com if you don't have social media. Amazing. Oh, it's your birthday soon. That's amazing. On the 11th yeah. of January. That's exciting. New year yeah. and then birthday. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Happy thank birthday you. in advance if I don't thank speak you. to you until then. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for this conversation. I really knew that it's meant to happen because we tried to set it up a few times. It didn't work, but now I feel like <laughs> it was perfect timing of this year to connect. And thank you so much for everything that you shared because it was super valuable. So I'm very, very grateful thank you i'm so grateful too and uh, grateful to all the listeners and viewers so thank you for holding space it was beautiful thank you so much my soul family for being with us watching us it's been such a wonderful conversation with natalie and this is going to be almost the last podcast this one is number 199. I'm going to do 200 and then I'm going to take a break from recording the podcast. So please feel free to explore all the other record, recorded already episodes that we have on YouTube, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. And if you'd like to follow our SoulFam podcast on Instagram, it's at WeAreSoulFam. If you'd like to follow me, I'm Karolina Kuraj, K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A dot K-U-R-A-J. My email is karolina.kurai at gmail.com. If you have any questions or if you feel like you would like to take your romantic relationship to the next level, contact me and I can guide you from there. Thank you so much again for being with us and have a wonderful rest of your day.